Man, welcome back, bro. What's up, man? You are so funny. You so here, here's the deal. We are doing this series, The Heart of a Pastor's Kids, right? Yep, Heart of a PK. Yes, and we are so excited to have the Horencios here today. Man, yes. you guys do not want to miss this. You know, I know we always say that, but we don't want you to miss it anyway. So, hey, what yeah, you it's, think, it's, Pastor Trey? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We'll see you guys in just a second. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, guys. We are welcome here back. to do our series on the heart of a PK, heart of a pastor's kid. And so we're going to just get into discussion again. You guys know this is bros for real. So it is just going to be just, 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 I hate to say it this way, but wide open. We're just going to have a discussion. We're going to talk because we believe there's some information that many just don't know um, that is in the heart of pastor's kids. Okay. So we're going to start out, first of all, before we ask any questions, we're going to Say, hey, you guys, thank y'all so much for being here today. Mm -hmm. And we're going to allow each and every one of them to introduce themselves. And then we're going to get started. Um, my name is Samir Horencio. My name is Luis Horencio, son of Pastor Anthony Horencio. Hey, my name is Jazzy Horencio, daughter of Pastor Anthony. All right. All right. All right. All right. But did you notice how the older one, she just said her name. She was like, look. Like, you know, I've been know, here for a while. For a long time on this planet. That's my dad and everything, but you know. <laughs> nah. So, guys, thanks again, like Pastor Willie said, for being here. Uh, we're just going to start out with questions, and please just share your heart because I, we believe that so many people will be blessed by what they hear, what you guys say, and um, that's what this segment is all about. And so, uh, I'll start out. Is that okay, bro? Yes. yes all right. So, do. first question is. Um, did you ever feel that there was uh, pressure uh, because you were a PK or a pastor's kid? Any pressure? Anybody can start. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I'll start. I knew it. The oldest, man. Just jump on in. With two feet. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure. Not like from the outer parts, the external. Not so much. Well, parents sometimes can apply pressure, yes, because we're... High, we're held at like a higher standard, I feel like. Okay. Um, everybody expects us to be perfect in a way. They mm. kind of forget that we're like human too. Right. You know, that the same God, well, Jesus died on the cross for all of us because we're all sinners. Well, she about to preach already, come yeah. on. And they kind of forget that just because we're pastor's kids, we're, we're going to sin too, we're going to make mistakes, you know. Um, and yeah, that's what I can you think of a specific moment where you felt the pressure the, the most? Is there one? Um, when I was in high school, I feel like, you know, this pressure to be per like, like, you know, like I said before, the pressure to be perfect. But I was living like a double life at that time, like right. being some being who I really was outside of church and then pretending to be somebody else in the church. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like I, I, I really appreciate that honesty. I do because I remember I wasn't a pastor's kid, but I remember being a young person and growing up in, in, in church because we were in church. I, I tell people they, they think I am joking. It was like seven days a week. Mm -hmm. 
Like, and then on Sunday, we went to like, every Sunday was two services. Like you went in the morning and then you had to get back at night by four o'clock. And so my family, my mom, my aunts, my uncles, everybody was really serious. My grandmother was serious about ministry and church. And I know that I was living a double standard. I matter, matter of fact, I've, I've said this in many sermons before that I feel like if I would have died before I was 20, 21 years old, I would have went to hell. I just feel like um, I knew what the word of God says and I didn't care. It, I, was, I was out in the world living any kind of way. And so I really appreciate that honesty. Yes, that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I mean, she hit, uh, she hit it on point. Like, <laughs> that's say, why she the oldest. Yeah, I was gonna say some of those things. Like, there's always like, um, yeah, two. There's two things in life: your your church and outside. Mm -hmm. And you have to. It's hard to be that pastor's kid outside the church, mm -hmm. because uh, you want to be godly, but also you see all these things going on. Like, right. oh, that that looks fun, but you're like, oh no, I can't. I'm I'm Christian. I can't do that stuff, right? Right. And um, even outside church, I see some members mm -hmm. and they're really not doing godly things. Like, right. if they can do it, I probably can do it. Right. But I start to remind myself, I can't do that because they're confused about certain things. Mm -hmm. And that's just, it's hard sometimes because you want to do it. That leads me to another question. Not yet. I want to okay. hear from her. <clears throat> I want to hear from you about that. She, she already explained everything. Is that your total perspective, though? I mean, you 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 just like 100% in line. Yeah, like in high school, I wanted to fit in. <clears throat> so it was kind of hard being a pastor's daughter, but also being in high school, trying to fit in with my friends, mm. and they're not Christian. So you become who you are with your friends. Mm. And the reason why I wanted to hear from you and kind of hear all your different perspectives, I knew that we were going to be doing this and I had an opportunity to meet with a, a youth pastor a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And I think he came from Costa Rica. His longtime lineage, grandfather was a pastor, dad is a pastor, and now he's a pastor. But he shared with me similar to what you guys talked about. One of the things that he said was, he said, it's sad because he really loved God, mm. but he didn't want to be considered that 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 corny kid, so yep. to speak. Mm -hmm. He was like, man, I had to do what my parents told me to do. But it's like, not only was he living a double standard, he's like, the kids that he hung out with, they knew he was a pastor's kid, but he was like, look, man, I'm, I've heard a lot of you guys say, I'm not baby Jesus or whatever. But he, one of the things that he said was, it was tough because he wanted to be accepted by everyone else, but he still was kind of struggling of being who he was because he loved God. When he was at church, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. But when he was at school, it's like, I didn't want to compromise who I was, but I didn't want to be ostracized either. Mm -hmm. But then he even took it further. He said, because I was there, their friends and stuff like that, they still didn't allow me to do what they did. They, did, they accepted That's me That's good. in. I couldn't do what they were doing at the church, you know, showing my full who I was at the church, but they didn't allow me to do what they were doing. But he said that he'd take their test for them. He said like they, they'd be taking their test or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the teacher would give everybody a test and then he'd do everyone's test and pass it back and making sure he's changing the answer because he he's real smart. Mm -hmm. 
He said, but he did that just so he wouldn't be ostracized as the wow. pastor's kid. Wow. So you guys have a lot of things, you know. So wow. Um, I kind of forgot my question. But, Sorry. But no, that's good. That's good. But um, I want to go to this question, though, because uh, what, what she was saying, um, how, how did you kind of make up for being the pastor's kid? And you know you didn't want to conform, but what did you do to still like gain those friends? Did you have to do something that was special to make them want to be around you? Or did they kind of like, Pastor Willie said, they were like, okay, we'll hang with you because we're going to be there for you and we're going to make sure that you don't do those things or whatever. Mm, fit in. They all cuss, so I cussed. Say <laughs> <laughs> so that again? They like said bad words, so I said bad words so I can fit in with them. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. You just wanted to be a part. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all been there though. Yeah. And when you're, and, and let me ask you guys this question because I, I love how it's going so far. When you have that, when you're, when you're, let's say you said like the bad words. Again, I wasn't a pastor's kid, but I grew up in the church as well. It didn't feel right when I cursed. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like I was corny, and I and I use that. I tell my children all the time. I say corny is good. I'm okay with corny. Yeah. But it didn't feel right because I understood the foundation that I've been given. I was better than that. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, and we're we're gonna get to a question later on. But yeah. So how, how did it feel right when you cursed? No. Deep down, it was like, weird. Yeah, yeah, it was real weird. Now, did you did you ever feel like uh, comfortable enough where you, you you could tell your parents like, hey, um, I'm at school, I'm in this situation, or is it stuff that you felt like you had to hide, or you didn't you didn't you know want to share with your parents at all? Yeah, yeah. there's certain things you have because you're afraid, like you don't know what they're gonna say. You're afraid of the outcome, right. and so you do hide some stuff, but there's only so much you can hide before you explode. And that's almost like the same for any kid, right? It's like, like you guys are, you know, really getting across like, yeah, our dad was a pastor, our mom was a pastor, but we were just kids, man. Like, and that's the thing I think sometimes people don't they, don't, they don't remember. We're just kids. So I have a question. So was there any, any, any time where you like, any of you guys, like, were you, if you could be honest, like you hated ministry, like you hated church. Like you were like, why are we doing this? Like, dad, just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's because when I was younger, I, I really didn't understand how important ministry was. Mm -hmm. And because I was living like not not so godly life outside of church, um, it was like kind of hard to see. Well, first, it was hard to see my parents like in the ministry doing everything by themselves and not having oh, help. Oh and then we would kind of take on like the weight like mm -hmm. to help him wow mm -hmm. so it was that it was trying to as a kid because you were a teenager then yeah so you were was it that you were trying to understand like okay my dad is teaching this the people are saying this because we all reading the same bible right so why is it that they're doing all this stuff by themselves and they're not getting help mm -hmm. because we know what the bible say and so it's almost like a double standard 
I, I get it, man. My my son, man. My youngest son, cause he the youngest, he says some stuff that the other they don't say. So my youngest son, I, like that's his thing. Like yeah. that, all this stuff I see, you know, it's almost like hypocritical. You know, people are saying one thing and doing something different. You know, and so that kind of like really hurt him. So yeah, I, I definitely understand that. So if you had to speak to other pastors' kids, like into the camera, or you know, tell them. Uh, uh, your heartfelt feelings of how you got over, like how did you get over the pressure or the uh, disdain, so to speak, for ministry? How did you, how did you grow? If it's a, if it's a pastor's kid out there struggling right now, and they're saying, "Man, I," they're they're at odds with their parent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to do ministry. You know, they just want to be out in the world. What would you say to them? Um, don't expect perfect like don't you know be so hard on yourself first Mm -hmm. of all um because like i said like the expectations that everybody holds you to like the high standards that everybody holds you to you're not living for them you're living for god yes you're living for god at the end of the day not for them not to please other people not to please you know the people in the church people outside of church like you're living for god and to have the relationship with God is more important than having and keeping relationship with people and living up to their standards. Because at the end of the day, you answer to God and not to them. Come on, that's good. That's good. Let's hear from the man child on that one. <laughs> <laughs> man, she's, she's, she yeah. takes everything. That's why she's I should, the I should, oldest. I should have gone first. You should have you know? jumped in. I should have jumped in. Um, like she said, no, we're not perfect. Right. There's going to be struggles we go through. But you can always ask for help, you know? Right. Some of us, we don't ask for help from our parents or like from people we trust in the church. Why would, why, you, why would you say that is though? We're scared what they're gonna say. We feel like we're gonna be judged because we're, we're pastor's kids. Like, right. you're perfect, you have to be perfect. You can't do any of this, you can't do any of that stuff. So you, hold, you internalize it all. Yeah, and we just have to put a smile on our faces like everything's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> there's only so much you can hold in and I started crying before because I couldn't hold it anymore. Yeah. And I had to go to my dad and just explain everything to him. Yeah. Like, I'm going through this. I don't know what to do. I'm struggling with this. And it's hard for me to get over that. Yeah. And my dad, um, <clears throat> he's a really soft-hearted person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yell at you for what you did. He, he just talks to you. He said, why did you do this? Yeah. He explains. He says that the enemy would put things in your mind <clears throat> or make you do certain things that would drag you down because you have a purpose. There's a purpose that everyone has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wants to either make you astray or slow you down, prolong who you really are in Christ. Because um, we all are important because we're, we're, God uh, knew us before we were born. He already assigned us to what yeah. we're supposed to do. And um, everything takes time. Like everyone goes through everything. You, we're not perfect. And you just have to trust in the Lord. Ask Him for help as well. I remember I used to do everything myself, mm-hmm. and with my own strength, not God. I never, so I wouldn't pray, but like I can do this myself. And I, <laughs> yeah, I can do this myself. I can do it myself. No God's help, right? Right. I felt empty. There was an emptiness in myself, mm-hmm. and it did not feel right. I was just dragging myself every day, forcing myself to wake up not feeling right yeah and there's certain days i didn't want to wake up because of that 
it was like painful to wake up sometimes. Wow. That is, man, thanks for sharing that. Wow. So what, what was it? What, what was the day? Can any of you guys remember Hold when you... Hold on. What, you got something? Yeah. <clears throat> You've been the youngest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had some struggles being the youngest. And the expectations sometimes feeling like uh, I took some things away from my, my older siblings by showing up. Have you ever gotten that feeling or have gotten in a fight with them as a result of feeling the way that you feel? I have. And that's why, because I'm watching you. You're listening. But I remember, because I'm still the youngest out of however many my siblings might be watching, whatever, but I've had to, to kind of navigate through that because as we were joking earlier before we got started, um, they were practicing. <laughs> yeah, with them. No, yeah, with, with the older children. But by the time you came along, certain things changed. Um, maybe they wasn't as strict or maybe they perfected certain things. And now you're probably like, oh, that's good. Dad, why, why do I have to suffer? Because I get more than you guys did because your parents are in a better place now, when you came along, you ever feel like that? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Honestly, I just hide my emotions. Mm. What do you mean? Because there's there's some other because you guys are in in a um, a unique situation, so to speak. Because again, you got the the, the young man in the middle. You got the oldest, which they, again, your parents are practicing, and your dad will get a chance to explain later, I'm sure. But as time progressed further in ministry, and you still got the challenges of being the youngest, because they see, because my siblings told me to, they see she's getting more than what we got. But understanding it's not your fault because you came later on. How do you deal with that? Because y'all ain't, I know y'all ain't in harmony all the time because I'm not in harmony all the time with my siblings either, but I love them. Right. But, but I'm, I'm wondering though, do you see it as challenges? Do you see it, Do you see your challenges as a pastor's kid being the youngest different than theirs? Do you see it that, like that at all? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like she's older and she's already going through the things at her age. He's going through things at his age, and I'm just here going through mine. Right. Because I'm wondering, like, be because we all grow, right? And so even as parents, we grow, mm -hmm. and we kind of, perf not perfect parenting, but we learn, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of curious, do you, maybe once you were born and now, you know, being the youngest, there's some things they had already experienced in right. ministry, they already experienced in life. So now, when it came to you, they knew how to handle it. So were, do you feel like anything was, the mistakes that they made, you didn't get an opportunity to make? Because mom and dad had already been like, <laughs> you know, they kind of like perfected some things when it came to parenting. Or on the flip side of that, because you were younger, <laughs> mom and dad already expected some things, right? So it was like, 
No, you're not going out, you know, high school. You're not going to that see, because see, we already okay, had. Because I could tell by your face, you're like, man, what is, was he at our house? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's kind of hard because Samira has a past. And when I want to go out, I have to take a chaperone, my brother. So I'm supervised, so I don't do anything wrong. Wow. Wow. And it kind of hurts because I feel like I'm not trusted. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Now they're they're more lenient. But before, it was hard because I had to always bring someone with me, even to the mall. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, go. go. And and that's good, right? Not that that um that you always had to bring someone with you. But it's good that you're able, as you grow older, to express, because I promise you, there's some other children out there, pastor's kids, that are dealing with the same thing. But personally, again, being a pastor, having children, I always tried to pride myself on making sure that I wasn't too strict. Because growing up in our generations, the pastor's kids was the perfect opportunity to take advantage of. Yep. It was, it was, it was a, um, this ideal out there that right. um, pastors' kids were the ones that were doing the crazy stuff, right? Right, because th- they were so sheltered or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So once they got out the house, it was like yeah. there was the ones like, yeah, you want to hang with them, right? Because pastors' kids or the pastor's daughter, you know, this and that is 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 these hidden secrets that nobody would talk about. You know, and so I think that's why we were like, man, we want to do this segment to right. help some people, first of all, get delivered, some pastor's right. kids, <laughs> to come back to ministry. Right. Because there's some whose hearts are so broken, so hurt because um, things that did happen. But I do remember that growing yes, up. Yes, me too. Like, um, that, was, that was the word on the street, like in high school and stuff. Like, if it was a pastor's kid or whatever, those are the ones you wanted to hang with because, man, they could party. They was like... Because they they because they was gonna go right. way they like was gonna go in, yeah, like man I yeah. never got a chance to do this I'm like now I wanted to, this and that this and that right or, or in college you know they first time away from home or in the military mm-hmm. and it was a pastor's kid those was the ones that was like I'm free right <laughs> and it was like man so you know I, man I I get it I get it but one of the things and and I want you to go ahead with your question mm-hmm. but one of the things I I encourage you guys. Through all of the clouds, the things that you've heard, the things that you experience, the main thing is to remember how your parents always encourage you to know who you are. Yeah. So because of that, you gotta. Um, there's certain choices, and 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 I'm sure all the pastors' kids believe like, man, well, I'm not, I'm not my parents. My parents are the pastors, not me. And I get it, but I'm sure those who really have a true relationship with God. Their parents that are pastors that are saying, hey, we're not doing this just for a profession. We're doing right. this because this is what we've been called to do. And they have told you guys to remember who you are. Because there's some things you might say, well, dag, let me experience it. Some things they're saying, you don't need to experience that because <laughs> <laughs> like, that ain't good. That's not what you want. Yeah. And some of the things are just generational because I always tell my kid, my children, I'm like, your daddy wasn't always no pastor. Right. Yeah. Right. So that that leads me to my other question. Um, so let let's talk. Let's talk. Let let's talk dating mm. as a as a uh, as a PK. 
because I remember when my kids wanted to date, um, they would use the boyfriend, girlfriend word. I was like, show me that in the Bible. And they hated that, <laughs> right? I was like, where's boyfriend, girlfriend in the Bible? And so my, they, they would look at me like, dad, for real, you plan, you like plan. I'm like, I'm not playing. Right. Right. So um, how, how is it like when you, you young and dating, you know, because everybody in high school got a girlfriend. Of course. Um. <laughs> I, don't, I, <laughs> I don't know who should go first. Yeah, go ahead. Jump on out there. Uh, see we can go first. <laughs> we, can, we can go on. Right There's like different seasons of day. <laughs> well, for me, because I'm married now. But um, Congratulations, Bob. Yes. Thank you. Um, I guess like when I was younger, I just wanted to have a boyfriend just because everybody had one. So I didn't care if like he went to church or like if you love a God, I just wanted to have a boyfriend. Right, right. <laughs> um. But then, like, when I actually had my boyfriend, like, my first real boyfriend, like, um, he was Christian. Well, he said he was Christian. Oh, boy. Come on. Don't <laughs> tell the truth. Shame the devil. You know, a lot of people could say they're Christian, but, like, not have a Christian lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I always kept in mind, you know, dating is, like, my parents always said, like, to find somebody that loves God first because he'll love you mm -hmm. the way you're supposed to be loved. So, um, I've always kept that in mind, but it is like for me dating, since I'm the first, I always had to have a chaperone, even with, when I was dating my husband, my well, now husband, uh, I still had to have a chaperone, like, and I was 22, I'm now 23. So like well into my twenties, I still, you know, had to have somebody cause my parents said that it's important to, you know, keep your testimony. Mm. you know righteous and so nobody will say anything and right so what so how do you like being on the back end of that now yeah. how, how do you see what they what they their example what they were telling you mm. I feel like it is important because I see a lot of um, non-believers you know the way that they're dating living with their boyfriend mm. it doesn't always end up you know in a good situation mm -hmm. they'll end up like at a disadvantage at the end of the day with mm -hmm. you know not having god in their relationship come on that's good that's good the brother seemed like he was gonna say something yeah yeah he yeah like, he, Ooh, he dating? deferred <laughs> come on um <clears throat> so yeah dating wise it is it, it is hard to find someone in christ nowadays because you don't know who they really are right because they say something that they are, but they're doing something crazy. <laughs> uh, and um, of course, when I, when I was my ex-girlfriend, I was doing my ex-girlfriend, I always had to take my sister out. Because there is certain things that you do want to do. You want to stay Christian, but you want to experience some other things with right. that person. Of course, holding hands and hugging, that's great. Right. But then the... <laughs> temptation kicks in yeah and um uh i'm glad my looking at it now i'm glad my parents had uh, made me take a chaperone because she stopped me many times from doing things that would wow. pull me away from the, the younger sister yeah you go with your bad self then <laughs> yeah she, she, yeah she'd be like what are you doing I'd be like oh, yeah, you're right you're right i can't do that that's it. good but the thing is she says that to me but really, that person that I was with wanted to do that thing. Right, right. I wasn't thinking that. And uh, 
like I said, you really don't know someone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My father knew her since I was 13. I was 13 and I was too young to date. So I waited till I was an appropriate age, so like 16 going to 17. I had a job, I had a car. So that was the ideal age, say, to date, because I could take her out and pay for things, right? Right. And um, so. <clears throat> I just got by. Mm-hmm. He said it was appropriate age because yeah, yeah. I, I was able to buy her things. Right. Like right. Car. right. Yeah. Come on, somebody was. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nowadays you see like these thirteen-year-olds trying to. Like, oh yeah, I'm at the yeah. high school. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but like yeah, you're just, you're so young. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to say something about his ex-girlfriend. I'm not going to say a name, but um, now that they're not together, we see. Well, I see because I still have her on social media, and I'm sorry if you're watching this. But <laughs> <laughs> um, this is bro for real. <laughs> but now that she's not in church, she's. I don't, I don't know if this is who she really was when she was with my brother and she was just pretending to be somebody else because right. she was with him. Uh-huh. But now she's really in the world, like wow. really badly in the world. And I'm kind of glad that he's not with her anymore because she probably would have taken him with her at yeah. the end of the day. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I just believe that, you know, because of covering of your parents, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just really believe the word of God and how God will send ministering angels to just, you know, to just give us a way out. Right. He'll, he'll guard our life because of the, because he, God loves your parents and your parents love God. And so even if the kids stray a little bit, when they try to, I, I would tell my kids all the time, you're going to try to do stuff and God's going to tell me. Yes. And my son, man, I'm telling you, it was, it was times they would come back and be she, like, she's smiling. Yeah. Like she's smiling like, is that in the like pastor's handbook? Yeah. Is that in the pastor's I, handbook? Hey, I would, Ooh. I would tell them, and they'd be wondering like, how did I know? I like know. my, like, like my God. daughter, they, I mean, I was out to sea because I traveled a lot because of the military, so I'd be deployed, and man, the Lord would deal with me in a dream, mm-hmm. and like my daughter's wow, name would drop into my that. spirit, yeah. and I would, I'm on the ship in the middle of the ocean. And I would call my wife. I never forget. And I was like, "What is going on with Andrea?" Right. And my wife be like, "Babe, you know." Then they're all trying to hide something from me, but God already told me. Yeah. And so I would tell my kids, "I know. I trust God so much. He's gonna tell me." Yeah. And I would tell them, "You know, you can go out, but I'm gonna find out." Yeah. If if somebody doesn't come and tell me, some way God's gonna let me yeah. know. Same with my mother. She says everything comes out. Of- Comes out in the light. Yes. And yes. that's scary. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't know what to do. You're like, okay. Right. And you regretted what you did already. Like, oh, dang, I should have never done that. Right. 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 <laughs> and um, to go on, not to cut you guys off, to go on with the, the dating wise, uh, people have discernment over the other person, right? Mm-hmm. And there's bumping heads when I was with my ex girlfriend. My mother, she's a really powerful woman with God. She knows. You can't you can't hide nothing from her. She knows she she, she knows everything. She literally you before you say it, she knows what you're gonna say. Oh God! And um, there's bumping heads, and there's people that would go to her, and she had dreams as well that um, my girlfriend wasn't for me. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's in church. She sings for you guys. She sings for the Lord, and she said. I'm just telling you, people come up to me too as well, saying that there's something wrong with her. And 
there's gonna be arguments. And uh, I, for me, I was, I wanted to push my parents aside. Like, I don't want to believe what they say because I was in love at the time, puppy love or whatever you call that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you just want to find a way to fight to stay with that person, mm-hmm. even though you know that person's not right for you. I'm like, and I even asked, my naive self asked God, Lord God, send me some, uh, <laughs> send me some signs that she's for me, God. If she's for me for not, not for me, my mom was telling me she's not for you. Like, come go back to God. Look at it. I sent you the sign. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you just don't want to accept it. Right. Because right. you, you, you want what you want. You don't want what God has for you because right. God has something better for you. Yes. And I wasn't seeing, at, seeing it at that time because she was a beautiful girl, really beautiful. And that's what I wanted. But I know their patience is the best thing because god knows you're probably going through something and you're not ready for that person yet so it's to work on you first or work in that person first before he can put you guys together and so after breaking up it took a toll on me i didn't want to talk to no one i was uh for say uh depressed at that time because i did i gave my all in that relationship or whatsoever i did and uh, I feel like I wasted my time. It was, uh, I was 13 when I met her, friends for four years. And um, I pushed everyone aside. And it, it was just uh, emptiness I felt. Because what I did, I put her first before God. Mm. Ooh. And that's why I felt that emptiness. And it wasn't a godly relationship at all. Because at that time, uh, she was always first. I paid things first instead of getting my tithes first. Mm. And I think that's why um, things were falling into place for God. Because right. he said, I'm going to take her away. You got to work on these things to make you stronger with me. And so, of course, once I found myself again, <laughs> I was praying like never before. Seeking God, it makes you feel whole. I felt mm-hmm. whole, but she was something I tried to feel whole with, mm-hmm. and it was really mm-hmm. not. He was trying to replace her with trying God. To, man, come Boy, on. God said, she that's why it's mine. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> come on. I don't know. Um, dating is kind of hard in this generation now, especially being influenced. TikTok, like, it influences. They always talk about relationships and that I always see these people talking about like oh they got cheated on they're gonna be a player and so I feel like this generation has this mentality of talking to so many people at once Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of hard for me to find someone that isn't in that mentality and I want to find someone that loves God yeah Yeah. but it's it's hard it's not easy. Yep. So I believe it's Proverbs 18, 22, I think it is, because 21 is just life and death is in the power of tongue. Um, but I think it says, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing mm-hmm. and finds obtain and obtain favor from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So think about what your parents have been doing, what they've modeled in front of you. I'm sure they've gotten in disagreements in front of you, and which is good, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they've shown you how to 
handle those disagreements, right? But also, when I mentioned earlier about they've been trying to make sure you understood who you were. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a, um, a premarital counseling with a couple, a young couple, they're 25, and I told them to understand that God gave you guys to each other. Yep. So you guys are a gift to one another. So you want to make sure, as you all have so eloquently said, find someone who loves God, but also find someone who will love God more than they would love you. Here's why. If they love God more than they love you, <laughs> they will make sure that they take care of you as the gift. They won't mishandle you That's because right. they'll understand out of all the people in the world, God, you gave this person to me and you gave me to this person. So you want to bring this thing together so it will be um, right in the sight of God, but also so it'll be a blessing mm-hmm. for generations to come. Because your, your mom and dad, they're trying to make sure that they preserve their bloodline. They ain't mm-hmm. trying to just let any old joker come in. That's why they, you, you go over here praying, Lord, show me a sign. <laughs> <laughs> People in the church praying. Right, People right, in the right. church getting dreams and visions and stuff. Well, but Lord, I know my mama said this. Yeah. But, but, Lord, but see, the thing about it is. Lord, did you see what she looked like? Right, Lord. <laughs> but see, see, but her heart wasn't right. right and you right. said, you're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we pray that everything turns out for us, stuff like that. But make sure. I love what you said about you put her before God. Not saying that that's right, but a lot of people need to hear that. Mm-hmm. And it'll help them understand and process their feelings. Like, wait a minute. Right. Why well, can't have her? Yep. Because yep. that's yeah, not man, who God is. some prayers, man. Ooh, and God, Jesus. Is, God is working this thing out and he's blocking some things. Mm-hmm. You know, and we might not like it. So I, I have a question about... Um, an article I read, you know, uh, it's about a year ago, but it had really struck me. It was talking about how many uh, PKs um, are leaving the church. Can we start over here? Mm-hmm, we can. How many PKs are leaving the church? And um, they were talking about one of the main reasons why is because of the hurt that um, some of the kids have seen, some of the PKs have seen uh, placed on their parents by congregants. And um, so my question would be, uh, what, what would you say about that and how do we get um, PKs to come back to the church or to stop leaving the church because of the hurts of the congregants? And have you, have you seen that? Have you experienced that? Honestly, yeah. Um, I've had my dark moments, <laughs> my dark past. And I've always come back to God. Like, he's so peaceful, like, I always go back and like hearing people's testimonies, they're like, oh, I always partied hard. I would always, I always knew about God, but I just try to ignore it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they always come back Mm -hmm. to God because he's always there for you when you're lonely. That's good. Have you ever, have you ever experienced uh, individuals in the church congregants? that may have um, hurt your parents or you thought they hurt your parents and you witnessed that and it caused you to maybe not want to be a part or to leave ministry because of the treat the maltreatment of your parents mm, you 
want to explain to me? <laughs> she said, I'm going to defer to the older. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. Um, I like that. I think this came off. Um, uh, well, yes, I have seen lots of people hurt my parents. Yeah, from the be- all the way from the beginning of the ministry, like from when we started the ministry up until now. Like, I feel like that's something that's never going to change. Um, in regards to pastoring um, because you know sometimes you know people in the church don't have the same views as the pastors do that's true and um, yeah I've seen I've seen it I see it all the time I still do and I it doesn't necessarily want to make me leave ministry it just kind of makes me want to help them even more Um, because I know I've seen like what they've like I've seen like my parents like all their sacrifices and all the like struggles they've been through um in the church i've seen all the people that said that they would have their back and just okay. leave um mid-ministry or say that they're going to do something and not back it up um it doesn't necessarily yeah it hurts because you know like you expect more from people when they say they're going to do something when they say they're going to help and they don't um but it just it doesn't necessarily want to make me leave it makes me want to help them more. But I do see where, you know, some pastor's kids may leave ministry because of that, because, you know, it does put a lot of pressure on us to kind of fill those gaps Mm -hmm. when people leave. Like I know at one point, um, at one point it was just all three of us, you know, helping in the music ministry because a lot of the musicians that were in our church well, we had, a, I don't want to go into detail, but a lot of the musicians that were in our church eventually had to, you know, be let go because of certain beliefs and certain... No, some some left too because they wanted a title they couldn't get. Yeah, so... Come on. That, that, See, that happens a lot. That, it does happen a lot. a lot. So, like, they butt heads with my parents and instead of, you know, being humble and being accepting the correction, they'll just leave because they feel like you know, they feel a certain type of way. Um, at one point it was just us three. It still kind of is just us three. You know, it was me trying to learn how to play the piano and I've never played piano in my life (laughs) because we had nobody, you know, my brother playing the drums, my sister singing. So like, I see where it can, you know, make some pastors kids stray away because it does put some pressure on them. Um, and it can be, you know, tiring sometimes when it's just, you know, you see, just your family putting in the work yeah. and the people that said that we're going to help them are nowhere to be found at the end of the day. Right. Um, but yeah, that's all that's I have to good. say about that. Yeah. I think it might be time to bring dad in. <laughs> One more question. One more question. Mm-hmm. Then we'll, we'll bring dad. And we'll in. bring him on in. So mm-hmm. if dad, you're out there, make sure you're getting prepared to dad. come. Dad, make sure you're getting ready. Cause dad. you're, we're calling you in soon. <laughs> pastor yeah I know right the great man of God Mm -hmm. but I want to ask you guys this as pastors children it's twofold question one what's keeping you in your relationship with God Mm -hmm. good question all right and I want if I could get an answer from all three of you don't defer to big sister this time. <laughs> but also, do you see yourself either pastoring 
or assisting a pastor later on after you leave home? Any one of you jump in. Question was, what's keeping you in your relationship with God? Two, do you see yourself pastoring or assisting a pastor later on after you leave home? Well, what's keeping me with God is I'm always being reminded by people <clears throat> and dreams sometimes. There was uh, years ago, there was this uh, strong prophet calls me up the altar in front of these pastors. My dad was there. Um, he said, do you know who you are? I said, yeah, I, I know who I am. And then he says, you are being pulled left and right from good to bad. Mm. And then he says, you are strong in Christ. You know that? You are powerful in Christ. And so he says, always remember who you are because you're going to be teaching to nations. Like uh. nations. What? You mean a nation and right. nations? Because you got an S on that. Right. Yeah, nations. I'm like, nations, man. That's, that's a big, that's something big I've never heard I would be doing. And I think um, that was the first time I was told that. I was told nine times the same thing. Um, so that's what's um, keeping me in Christ because I know I have a, a calling, a powerful calling I have to fulfill. And I know I am going to have to. And it's a pleasure to be a future pastor, to, pe to teach the nations. And I know... Uh, uh, that I'm going to stay in Christ because I'm called to do great in his name. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. is so good, man. That made my heart leap, wow, man. I'm that's, like, that's, wow. That's, that's good. That's good. That's Hope, good stuff. Keep it together. You're always crying and stuff. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> no, normally it'd be me, I right? Like, wow, man. That's, that's pretty awesome. All right, who wants to jump in there next? Um, I'll, I, I'll answer the first question. Um, what's keeping me in my relationship with God? Well, now that I... I have a son now and he's two months. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's making me, you know, kind of cling on to God even more because mm -hmm. I see how wicked the world is becoming. Mm -hmm. And I don't want my son to have to deal with the struggles that I've been through. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know he's going to have his own struggles mm -hmm. and my struggles were already hard enough, but the world is becoming worse day by day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's my, that's what's keeping me in my relationship with God. Like, I want my son to know that at the end of the day, you know, be, you know, if something gets hard, he can go back to God. Like, that's something I didn't do. Like, I knew God was there, but because I was living a double standard, I just was like, mm, whatever, okay, I'm just going to go through this by, by myself. And then I dealt with the consequences later, but I don't want my son to have to go through that. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. And do you see yourself pastoring or assisting pastor more intimately after you leave um i've been told that i'm going to be a pastor <laughs> <laughs> and say with my husband my husband has a pastoral calling over his okay, life okay. too so i kind of am expecting it but awesome. i'm like because mm. <laughs> yeah. i know how hard it can be so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay yeah and the grand finale over here uh, i don't know i haven't been told yet but I see myself assisting a pastor. Okay. Yeah. And what's keeping you? From what's relationship you with God? Relationship with God. The singing, the worshiping. 
Mm-hmm. It, whenever I worship in church, I can feel Him. Mm-hmm. And it's like an overwhelming presence mm-hmm. that I cry. <laughs> and so I, I, I love that feeling. So that's what's keeping me with God. Awesome. Yeah, you don't want that awesome. to go away. Come on. Come on. <laughs> All right. Hey, we will be right back with Pastor Horencio the father of these phenomenal children. Yes. Right back. All right, so we're back and we have with us Pastor Anthony Horencio, uh, the father of these incredible young people. And so we're gonna ask him some questions and uh, we're gonna do this discussion uh, with him right here in front of his children. So I guess Pastor Willie, I'll go ahead and start. Yes, So I will, I will ask you, bro, it, being a pastor, as you look back, uh, when you when you consider ministry, when you consider being a father, because sometimes people forget that you know right. we're pastors, but we're fathers, right? right. Um, is there anything that you could say that um, you would do different with your with your children in ministry? Oh my goodness! Let me let me begin with this. There's one particular thing that I'll probably change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll change of not allowing people to dictate how 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 I should run the ministry per se or even my family because it affects them yeah um, it, there was a point where you want to please people so they can be accommodated their needs are accommodated then I forget to accommodate my family right. so there was there was push and pull per se yeah. um, it affected them um, it brought a lot of pressure on on my family in order to to be well pleasing on the ministry side, mm-hmm. so I think that's something that I, I probably would change if I can go back in time. That's good. That's good. Go ahead, Pastor. I do have a question mm-hmm. for you, and I want you guys to chime in. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, what was one your fondest moments in ministry with your children? The Ooh. finest. Fondest. The fondest. A good moment. Oh my goodness. I want to make sure that your fondest moment lines up with their fondest moment. <laughs> That's good. Tell me, cut. No, I'm just <laughs> no, I can I can define one particular moment okay. where they had actually um, a lot of people had committed. Said, Pastor, you know, we get, you get started in ministry. Awesome, great. We're gonna help you. We got the music, man. We got it taken care of. Then when it came a time where you know that needs to be launched and whatnot those people that made promises did not kept their words mm. and these are people that you cried with right, right. these are the people that you laugh with these are the people that you break bread with i'm, I'm not talking about just ordinary acquaintance church right, right. we're talking about we right. know you your birthday your favorite colors we right, know right, you right. who you are and none of those people stepped in. It's just because for whatever reason. But the finest moment that I have seen is that when my family began to manifest, I said, Dad, I'll sing. Yeah. My son said, I don't even know how to play drums. I said, well, the drums right there, nobody's taking it. Take it. He never played drums in his life. Come on. But do. that day, mm. but that day, he had a courage to pick up that sticks yep. and just begin to bang on it. I, I don't care if it was off tune or whatnot, 
but there was something supernatural that happened in this guy's hand that never learned music, he never read music, mm -hmm. that all of a sudden he just picked it up and, and just went at it. The same thing with my daughter. I've never had discovered that the ministry itself mm -hmm. is among us already. Yeah. I was looking for someone, hey, yeah. who's going to help us? Yeah. But God showed me, okay, nobody's here, but look where you have. Look what I gave you. The ministry was already in the house. Yeah. So God gave me that, and that was, I think that was the finest moment. She was, she, was, she was little then, that's why. I'm not trying to discredit her, but she was, she was there clapping. So that was one of the finest moments that I can remember at the beginning of the ministry, that, that, that there might be a lack, but all of a sudden God just poured out his overwhelming blessing. Right. So that's... that's uh, man, that, that was a, one of the greatest memories I have, really. That's okay. good. What was your fondest memory of ministry? We all say yes. Huh? We all say yes. Y'all all say yes? Mm -hmm. When, what whenever there's no piano players, Mias plays piano. Even though when I don't want to sing, <laughs> I say, you know what, fine, yes, I'll do it. We always say yes, there's never a no. Come on. Wow. Come on. What you got? Hmm. There's, uh, I have to think about that. Ah, that means it's yeah. different. You got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fondest moment is when we did lose all our, like, literally all our music. <laughs> and we all stepped in. Like, I think that's, like, what we all, that's all the fondest moment. Because we were all helping each other, like, as a family and in ministry. I just had it. I thought about the scripture that talks about uh, where there is unity, mm. God will command a blessing. Wow. And when we come together on one accord, I've seen this multiple times. I'll, I had this saying when I was pastor in Okinawa that I, I, it was almost like I didn't want the people that would come to me and say, Pastor, I, I got this. I know how to yeah, do this. I didn't like Those that. people I were so leery of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I will always see God move in a mighty way when it was that brother or sister that came and said, Pastor, I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking me, but I don't know if I'm the person. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, yep, you the person. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that person, they had a heart to want to do it. They just didn't know what they were doing. And every time I watched God use them in a mighty way. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know, because you guys were like, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to go ahead and sit on these instruments. God was like, that's what I was waiting on. Mm -hmm. Right? That's awesome. That's really awesome. You ready? We don't have plenty of time. I think so, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, when the church uh, is finally in one, my father didn't have to ask them to do anything. Wow. It was just an order. Right. That was the most fondest moment because we, my father would usually have to do most of the stuff and it's hard to see him do that. And when the church did that, it was like a big relief right. for him and for us. Wow. That's good. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. That's good. It took some time. Yeah. yeah. By grace of the Lord, it took some time. Um, there are many instances of that finest moment. Uh, one thing that I can think of is just you guys are always stepping in in a moment of need all the time. Samira ne uh, what, never played piano. She, I think she mentioned that already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden just took out the keyboard. Where the only thing that we have is a keyboard, okay? And she just start playing. Right. 
doesn't even know any notes. He never played instrument in, in, in her whole life. We just, just picked it up. It was supernatural, I think. That's a coincidence, because that was my son, Emmanuel. Now, this guy is, he's like on a whole nother level. I mean, um, we, were, we were at a ministry prior to uh, starting our true life in, in Okinawa, and the ministry was just starting out. Didn't have a, a keyboard player and a musician. And my son was, at that time, like eight years old. He raised his hand. I'm like, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> he was like, I'll do it. And I'll never forget, this was one great story about the pastor. Uh, the pastor said, uh, no. If he wants to do it, let's all get together and pray that God will anoint him to do it. Right. And because even at a kid at eight, he nobody else threw their hands up. He did. And we prayed. And I know God did something in that moment, you know. And since that time, Pastor Willie can tell you, so, he was a keyboard player for that church at eight years chain, old yeah. and by wow. ear. And so we noticed that he was like serious about it. He would come on after school and he would practice every day. Um, we said, let's put him in lessons. He was in lessons for like two months and that was like it. And he can, I mean, like he, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been the he's keyboard player for every since. Phenomenal. And he can sing, he can play. He, I mean, he makes music, writes music, all that. Wow. Just because of his obedience and want, having a heart for God at eight years old saying, I'll do it. And so I, 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 get, I get that story. But I do want to ask you all, um, uh, and this is probably one of my last questions, okay. but um, is there any struggle or not just a struggle, but even a blessing um, mm -hmm. that uh, you be, you as a PK um, can remember from ministry, serving in ministry that you never shared with your father that you would share with him now? A struggle or even a, a moment of like just blessing, you know, uh, that you would that you, you, you said, I never shared this with my dad, but I would love to share with him now. Because ministry has struggles, but there also are some blessings that, you know, maybe, you, you know, you just never mentioned. You just held it, you know. You're like, oh, my dad is here now. We don't care. I'm going to say it. Because <laughs> <laughs> this will be for eternity mm -hmm. unless they delete YouTube. <laughs> um, a blessing is, was um, seeing my dad like when he was in dialysis. He was in dialysis three days a week for five hours a day. Right. He still did ministry full time. Mm -hmm. He didn't that he didn't let anything stop him. Man, still being in and out of a yeah, good. being in and out of the hospital, he still made it important to be there mm. for his church. That's good. And I, I will tell you this, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I remember mm -hmm. and I never said this to your dad, um, but I was, you know, been over in, in Japan and man. I'm not about to tear up. But there were times I was in Japan as a pastor and I felt so lonely. And we talked mm -hmm. and um, he let me know about your dad and what he was going through. And it was maybe like one of those weeks where I was like overwhelmed. You know, I was in the military full time. I was pastoring full time. And it was just one of those moments as a pastor where you like you you feel like you want to you want to complain and you just like, God, why is it so hard? You know, and when I heard about all that your dad was doing. I had one of those, how dare you trade moments, right? <laughs> and it, it so encouraged me. I was like, if this brother's doing all that, okay, God, I'm good. Yeah. And I was like, I have no right to complain. And it, in that moment, I needed that. And it pushed me 
to to keep going, man. I never told you that, bro, but it it it, it blessed me, man. Um, and so thanks for bringing that up. What about you guys? A struggle or a blessing you never shared with dad, and you would love to share with him now. Yeah, of course that's through like biggest blessing is uh, still through his medical stuff. My father's going through dialysis and all that. But he always made time for us. That's what, that's what was good. Even though he was tired and yeah. all that, he still made time for us. He would, uh, even though he was sleeping, he would wake up and be like, come on, come on, let's do something. He wouldn't, he wouldn't always just, he wouldn't be sick. He wouldn't act sick, even though he was sick. Mm-hmm. He would always, so she got a good he would always be up doing I'm things waiting for us. Hear that one, boy. Yeah, that, that was the biggest blessing, to see him not give up on himself either. Right. He would always push through it. What you got? Cause you that thing touched your it's heart. The same thing when he was sick. He he acted like he was the most healthiest person. <laughs> he That's cut good. the grass. He he did the floors. Oh God. He painted. Yes. Whatever mom wanted him to do, he would always do. Yeah. Yeah. Man, look at that example, bro. Yeah. They got like they got it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's mm. uh, to be able to hear it now, right? And it's not that we're saying, okay, mm-hmm. you're, we're you're laying in a in a box, and they're like, well, daddy, out. No, you you can say it now when you're coherent. While they say, yeah, daddy, you used to get on my nerves, <laughs> <laughs> but man, we love you, yep. we appreciate you, and we get it now. We're not perfect, you know, because we're the pastor's kids. Yeah, we don't agree with everything you tell us, but we know that what you're doing is trying to help us. It's going to not only help us, but it's going to help our our generations for our children and our children's children, because we're going to take what you put (laughs) in us, you and mom put in us to where that legacy will continue. Man, you you are my brother, because that's I was just thinking legacy. I was thinking to ask dad, um, are you thinking legacy? And then I also want to ask your children, what do they think about legacy when they hear that word? Are you thinking legacy or is it, you feel like you're still young enough where that's not on your mind or is it something you always think about? What? <laughs> there's, there's always, um, you know, uh, before I even become a pastor, there's, there's a lot of wisdom that the Lord had imparted in my, in my, my life. And one of them is the things that happened to me the struggles that i have is to break those struggles in order for them not to struggle on those struggles that i have gone through in other words i've done my best in prayer in an example in order to cut that off and that's the only way we can we can do it is through modeling to them not only just by words words can can, can, can do some work, but I believe modeling is the best way of, of dealing with things. And of course, prayer, season with prayer, it, it, it will just manifest the greatness of God in that way. Um, one thing that I was drilled in my mind as, as a legacy, now I know my children is gonna be in the ministry, is I would not want them to come to a point and their children will tell them the church robbed my father or my mother. Mm, that's good. That's real good. I don't want them to have, or their, uh, my grandkids will ever say to them, the church took my parents from me. Right. So in other words, I want, there has to be balance 
family has to you gotta have put priorities in your family and and make adjustments yeah. uh, I, I've now I've learned that you know you, you don't need to please people yeah. in order to keep them that's right. come on come on that's good I'm glad you said that can I just add yeah this? please do because um, I think that was one of my biggest struggles um, even before I was a pastor and I was you know a minister at the, at the church and um, serving it was ministry, 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 ministry. And I always tell him, when I look back, the one thing I tell a lot of people, I don't, they don't have to be pastors, but uh, they could be a deacon, a, a leader at the church. I tell them all, those are years, I think back when my kids were smaller, I can't get those years back. Right. And it hurt me so bad because I was like, it hit me one day like, I missed out on so many years because of ministry. And then on top of that, I was deploying because I was in the military. Right. And so those are years I can't get back with my children. And um, we're going to do this segment with my kids, too. So I'm wondering, I think when, when I hear yeah, your kids yeah. answer the questions and what you just yeah, said, yeah. I'm like, I wonder what my kids will um, will say. And I know they got some stuff to say about right. how their you know, hearts and ministry. So, yeah, we can't get we can't get years back. And Legacy. our families are important. Legacy. Legacy. So. I want to go around one last time. And yeah, I want to hear what the young people have to say about legacy. Thinking about your legacy. That look was older sister. Right. You saw that? Like, yeah. she's good at that. She like, I'm the youngest. Right. <laughs> I get a pass. <laughs> right, right. Dude, dude when, you, when you hear the word legacy, uh, just simply, what do you... Um, what do you think about? Or is it at, at the age right now, because I think you said you're 23, right? Mm -hmm. At 23, are you thinking legacy? Or um, do you think you should be thinking legacy? What, 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 do, what do you yeah. say about that? Well, definitely, yeah. Um, when I think about legacy, I think about, like, obviously my children and my children's children. Mm -hmm. And I do, you know, like, I have a son now. So I do want him to, you know, grow up and, like, look up to my dad and be want to be a part of ministry as well, right. like how we were... But not necessarily have to go through like, you know, the struggles as pastors' kids that we went through. Right. I want him to be able to, you know, be part of ministry, but not have to feel like the loneliness or like the hurt that we felt as pastors' kids. That's good. That's good. And so I want to ask you, as a son, how did, how do you believe, you know, watching your father has already kind of shaped your legacy or your, your your thoughts about legacy? Um. Well, it shaped my mind. Um, he didn't let anything stop him, and I shouldn't let anything stop me from pursuing what I'm supposed to do in the future for, for Christ. And I can't um, let anything get in my way like he did. He had so many problems going on, he didn't let that get in his way. He still pursued what he needed to do. And so that, that made me, myself, think, if he's going through that, I'm not going through anything, what's stopping me? I should not be laying around thinking, oh, look, I can't do nothing in my life. It shaped me to be stronger, to do things more for Christ than ever. Like he, like he's done. He's had fevers and wasn't well, but still went to church. He still went to church just to please God and give the word. And that shaped me into like, man, I want to be like that. I want to be like my father. Just seeing him do that is like, it's amazing. It's amazing what God does. That's good. That's real good. I you I'm always going to come back to you because <laughs> you're the last child. Y'all got that connection. Me, we got right? that connection. Um, because I want you to be heard. Because you have, see, because again, 
I connect with you immediately by you being the last child because oftentimes I was overlooked. And as time progressed, they start noticing, wait a minute, my little brother was supposed to be here. He does have something. God didn't make a mistake mm -mm. because my siblings were upset 10 years and they're watching. Maybe they are or they're not. There was a 10, almost 11 year gap between mm -hmm. me and my, my sister. And they were like, what in the world, mom? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you think about legacy? I, I, I do. Even as a child, as a young kid, um, and I'll share this with the world. A lot of times the, the stereotype is, and I don't think I ever shared this with you either, so I'm putting myself out there. The stereotype is for young boys not to play with baby dolls. Okay, let me let, me let that sink in. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, you guys ever hear about Cabbage Patch dolls? Yep. Okay, they had boy Cabbage Patch dolls. Mm -hmm. and I begged my mom to give me one. Not because, I, oh, I wanna play with like all goofy and stuff like that. Because even as a young age, I was thinking about how can I prepare? Because I didn't have my father. Mm -hmm. How can I prepare myself, my mind, wow. to be a father, mm. to take care of my son, to carry on the legacy? Because mm -hmm. again, I had to fight through all this stuff. Wow. Daddy dying, getting killed when I was three. Mm. Stepdad, you know, different things like that. And then he, get, hearing the pressure of my siblings, some of them, not all of them. Why in the world you took my spot? or you know stuff like that. <laughs> but even now, I believe, going back to what you said, I believe that God has something in my mouth mm. that I need to make sure I get out. So I said all that to say, you are important. Mm -hmm. You're just as important as they are. Mm -hmm. You weren't no mistake, not saying that you ever felt like that, but there was some challenges that I had to go through Pastor Trey mentioned in one of our interviews, I think it was yesterday with your dad or the day before with your dad, about how the boldness, because I yeah. didn't have that boldness when I was younger, mm -hmm. but I always knew that I was different. I always knew that my mind, even now, because like he'll type up all the questions. In the beginning, he used to be like, dude, you got some questions? Now <laughs> he'll type his questions and he won't mess with me because mm -hmm. he understands that, you know what, that's my brother. God is going to give my brother what to say. He's going to give my brother what to ask. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving you time to answer the question about legacy. So if you don't think about it as of now, that's okay. But if you've thought about it, I would love to hear what you have to say. I mean, he says about my dad, how he never gave up. I want to also give appreciation to my mom. She never gave up. She, Whenever my dad was sick, she would always have to drive him to Chicago, back and forth. She was exhausted. She worked from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., come home, cook. And then whenever my dad was sick, he couldn't make it to church. She would preach. And so she, she's a ex legacy to me. Right. They both are, but I just want to give appreciation to my mom. Yeah, see, it had to take you to bring that out. Because like I said, I don't want you, and again, I love you guys, but understanding being the last child, mm -hmm. there's so much people, because they always talk about the middle child, 
that was me. Yeah, you know, they always talk about the middle child. The middle child, they had this, that, but oftentimes they don't understand the, the challenges and the benefits, because we got some benefits too now. It wasn't always bad being the last child. Because <laughs> we were able to get things that mm-hmm. they didn't get, but then we heard about it. Well, when I was young, yeah, whatever. God right. bless you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, just, I just see that, man, this family's going to leave a good legacy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it starts from the top. And so, brother, I applaud you, man. Um, you and because your wife. We, we, I'm telling you, yeah, you and uh, Esmeralda, man, we... We know how difficult it is being pastors, you know, and having a family. So, man, thank you for letting us talk to them. Right. You know, thank you for raising such beautiful children that love God. And, man, all we're going to continue to do is pray for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we know God has a lot in store for you. And thank you for coming on Bros for Real. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you both for allowing us to share a genuine heart. And that's, that's what it is. We just shared what we had experienced with God, the struggles and the victories that we have. Thank you. Like the victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has to be a victory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank you guys for watching. This is one in uh, many uh, episodes coming up on our series, um, The Heart of a PK. So, hey, until next time, God bless you guys. Thank you again, Horencio family. We'll see you guys next time. Love, love. Boom. <laughs>